Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It's not going to swing. So it really depends on the ground condition, the pitch, and every ground is different. You know, it was, every talk, we talk about when the footy season comes around, the dimensions of every ground. Imagine playing a game of cricket as we are going to, as we are going to do on Sunday down at Virginia Park where there's some extraordinarily short pockets and then there's some <laughs> extraordinarily, extraordinarily long pockets. Like if you get a, if you get a half volley that you could put away and loop or maybe over the grandstand over the construction site, you're absolutely licking your lips. But there's some grounds as well, like you get on the MCG or the Gabba where the playing surfaces are some of the largest in world cricket, then every every venue offers up a different thing. And I think in terms of being a week out from the World Cup, you have to back Finch in. We saw mm-hmm. that in the lead-up series against the West Indies and against England. They were tinkering a little bit. He went down the order, like find some form and find some runs. But in the last couple of games, he went back up the wall, the order to the natural position of opening the batting. I think that's where it's going to sit. You'll have David Warner with him. Yes. By side for the opening game against New Zealand next Saturday. And boy, it's an interesting watch. Kim, Glenn Maxwell, <laughs> Steve Smith. And the the makeup of the 11 is going to be a real mystery. Um, it really is. It, se- it seems that way. And, and, you know, I think that... Look, and this is not this is not an excuse or anything like that. But but when you're sort of when you know the pressure is on you from a batting perspective as well, and then you lose your best mate, uh, you know your opening batsman David Warner. Now, what he was out with, I believe the uh, reported uh, niggle was was it whiplash due to a fielding incident? Was that right? I think we've just lost Jono on the line. Yeah. No, we've got you. We've got you back, Jono. Hold on. Yeah, these these telephones are being a bit temperamental. Have we got you? Yeah, um, yeah have you got yeah, me? Yeah, I got you. I got you loud and clear. Yeah, these, these phones have just been yeah. playing up all week. <laughs> Lovely technology. Now, yeah. on, on Warner, he took a tumble on the outfield on Wednesday night and spent a couple of overs off the field. So I think it was mainly just a precaution, a precaution just sit out this game. They've got one other game coming up um, against India at the Gabba on the 17th. Mm-hmm. So that is their final warm-up game. You'd expect him to play that one. So I think him sitting this one out was just a precaution. But him getting out, saw Steve Smith get a hit in the middle order and saw Glenn Maxwell get a run at the top of the order. And he's currently in a, he's currently in a run of no form, which he, we haven't really seen Maxwell in. He's got a long run of just single figure figure scores which is um kind of the the elephant in the room the subject that no one wants to um touch on which is maxi's form everyone just expects him to go out and hit the ball everywhere but he another another single figure score this time and gets out in a really similar fashion to trying to go big and then nicking up nicking out to a fielder um in this case getting caught on the on the on the ring by ben stokes so it's a little bit of a concern, but like Finch, like Warner, you back these guys in to come good in a big tournament, and it's what they've shown for so many for so many years. Is Jane Cricket team? Yeah, absolutely. I think. I mean, I think the thing with Maxwell as well, because he's so 
don't know if he's hit and miss, but he's just such an enigmatic player. And I think you're going to get those sort of dips and troughs with form with regards to his batting form as well. So I think the beauty about him too is that he's able to bowl those off spinners. He can come in, you know, get the over rate up and about, get the batsman on the hop too. So I think they obviously look at that and think, well, okay, he's got more more than just batting in his armory as well. One player I re- really wanted to focus on, and I really think he's, I'm not too sure if he's flown under the radar in cricket circles, but Tim Davis, Jono, hasn't he, he he's really hit the scene with some, with some vigour with the willow. Yeah, it's taken to international cricket like a duck to water. Um, Paolo has um, really made a name for himself over the last couple of years on the um, T20 circuit. Um, he actually he started playing for WA um, a number of years ago now and played a little bit for the Perth Scorchers and lost his state contract and sort of found his way back through 2020 cricket and the Big Bash. He got an opportunity down at the Hobart Hurricanes. And ever since then, has just been a gun for hire on the world stage. He went for about $1.5 million in the most recent IPL auction. He's been um, banging runs everywhere in the 100, in the CPL, in the PSL. And he's come into this um, Australian T20 side and he's had eight games now. And he's he's a, he's a, he's a gun for hire. And Australia's bound to they had to find room to be able to get him into the team. And it's uh, T20 cricket now, Paolo, has become a game really of just like really set defined roles in a game mm. of matchups. Mm-hmm. So, so, you, so we spoke about Aaron Finch at the, at the top of the order just before. He's got a real deficiency with the ball coming into him and he getting out LBW a lot. So opposition teams will be saying, all right, you're bowling this over, you're bowling that over because you can angle the ball into him, same as when Marcus Stoinis comes in comes in, in the middle overs and Australia is under the pump, leg spinner on it immediately because Marcus Stoinis keeps on getting out to leg spinners. Um, the LBW are caught in the deep. So Tim David, with the sheer power that he has to come in and just absolutely blast the living daylight out of a cricket ball from ball one, it, it can be like Maxwell, the, the Thing that can win you a game of cricket absolutely nowhere. So it was an absolute no-brainer for Australia to get him into the squad. The Singapore slinger, as they call him, <laughs> because he's played international cricket for Singapore before. So great that he's still able to um, represent Australia. Um, the, the ICC rules enable that to still happen and you can play for um, two nations. A few Australians have gone before him, Luke Ronke, Dirk Nanners, who have represented um, a couple of different nations as well. Mm. So it's great that we have him. It's a brand new toy for Aaron Finch, who's shown a couple of times exactly what he can do, and he'll be a handful this World Cup. Yeah, it seems that way. We're talking to John O'Baruch from the Inner Sanctum after this uh, this, this third game between uh, England and Australia was a no result, declared a no result due to inclement weather at Manuka Oval. Uh, now, the, the, I think the other thing to focus on, so everyone's focusing on the batting, Jono, clearly, and that's that's an issue. We've had a text through here from Dean. Uh, what about Usman Kawaja? He opens for the Sydney Thunder. I think there was, I think there were words last week that, you know, Australia are probably going to have a selection headache coming into this T20 World Cup. And, you know, do they gamble with Finch? Do they go in that direction? Is Usman Kawaja maybe the likely replacement? Dean off the text also mentioning maybe Darcy Short or Josh Inglis. 
Well, I look at this Australian team at this World Cup and it for me, it's a bit of a last dance. You've got David Warner, who's 30, 35, mm-hmm. Aaron Finch is 34, Stephen Smith is north of 40, and you're looking for players to come in and almost take over that side because you you look at the calendar, there's a stack of cricket to be played and the 50-over World Cup is um, in October, November next year in India. So you're looking for... You might be looking for one. You're definitely looking for one. You might be looking for a second replacement at the top of the order. Usman Khawaja is no spring chicken, although as um, the texter rightly put, he opens the batting for the Sydney Thunder. And his numbers in white ball cricket are actually um, actually quite good in, both the, yeah. domestic, in the domestic format in, and for Australia when he's got the opportunity at the top of the order to you no know less. So I wouldn't be going for it for this World Cup. For the 50-over World Cup next year, I'd definitely be looking at it as an option consider. But obviously, depending on his form and how he goes in the Test Series and the Tour of India, which I'm sure he'll be looking at as well, and whether or not Usman decides he wants to go around again. But I'm sure with his career renaissance, but... The other name that the texter mentioned was Josh Inglis. He's definitely the next in line for that. Probably that opening spot as well. And Matthew Wade's retiring after this World Cup, so he'll surely come in and take the wicket-keeping spot with Alex Carey not in that T20 team. So Josh Inglis is one I can definitely see coming in. Darcy Short, I think, has had his time in international cricket and unfortunately didn't take it, but it is one of those sports where people can keep coming in at the right you're being in the right place and informed at the right time so it's an interesting one but the one looking for for the top of the order is um josh Philippi, who plays for the sydney yes. Sixers, who yeah. is another wa boy has had some experience for australia and we keep seeing what he can do in the dbl and i'm sure it's going to light it up again this year so he's the one that i'd sort of be looking for at the top of the order. Yeah, Josh Phillippe, a super, super, super talented player. Got age on his side as well. So, you know, he's got another another 10 years left under his belt. Just before we let you go, Jono, uh, we know you, well, you were down there at uh, a trade deadline day, Marvel Stadium. You cover all the football for the for the inner sanctum. Uh, this Brett Ratton uh, sacking, which came up officially today, but was broken last night. It just, I mean, it, it just came from nowhere. These phones are being, uh, they're being temperamental again. We got you, we got you on the line, Jono. We've still got you. Yeah. You've got it. Yeah. I just, I had to click it on and off. I had to click it on and off. It was one of, you know, one of those ones. How do you fix it? Just click it on and off. (laughs) (laughs) Try turning the things on and off. That's all right. That's all right. Maybe we can do that for a few different clubs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Saints more so. Um, What did you make of it? What did you make of it? I'll I'll just say this as my couple of minute summation. You're not moving on a coach in October, the days after trade period, mm. if you don't already have someone in line. It was very interesting listening to both um, Andrew Bassett and Simon Lethleen, um this afternoon at Moorabbin. And from where I was sitting, it looked like Andrew Baffert wanted to tell the members a lot more about what was happening and <laughs> Leslie was more about, say, 
like, no, 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 let's keep it in house, let's keep it in house. And that, that, they've insisted that they haven't spoken to anyone. But as I said, you're not making this call this late in the piece without someone already lined up. So it's going to be an interesting watch to see what happens. Um, they're going to want to move quickly because it's um, 14 October now. Players are back in, um, play, players are due back towards the end of November, but they want to start, um, you want to start preparing for a pre-season too and they'll want to know who their coach is. So it's an interesting watch. Um, you feel for Brett Radden because it's the second time this has happened to him and he's one of the most decent men in football. Mm. Um, it's it's really, really interesting. It was a really interesting vibe at Linton Street today. Yeah, well, I mean, all we can do is wait and see what the decision makers uh, come up with in the next uh, in the next month or so. But, uh, Jono, mate, pleasure pleasure doing it with you tonight on the uh, Overnight Crowd. All your work at the uh, at the Inner Sanctum. Follow your Twitter as well, at Jono Baruch, B-A-R-U-C-H, last name. J-O-N-O, first name. Get Make sure you get the spelling right on that, mate. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll do it all again very soon, my friend, but uh, pleasure doing it. There we go. Jono Baruch on the line of the overnight crowd. With that, we'll get to a quick little break here. Glenn from Point Cook, give us a call back on the open line, one 736 736 the number to dial. We'll be back right after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.